Hey guys, no obituaries this week. We can keep things positive for once. And with that being said, welcome to FewerCast, our Film Effect Weekly Entertainment Recap Podcast dedicated to all the latest news in entertainment and film. If this is your first time listening to us, then come as you are. No one's a stranger on our show. I'm Ed. Joining me this week are Corey, Andrew, Justin, and if you had a chance to listen to our Jurassic Park episode, then you should be familiar with our random guest of the week. Returning to the pod for his second time in just a few days, Corey's brother Eric, a.k.a. Nubbles, a.k.a. Son of Wiggy, a.k.a. Just Do It, a.k.a. Eric without a K. Gentlemen, how's everyone doing? Hey, what's Good. up, guys? Hi, everybody. All right, well, before we jump into the show, a little housekeeping before we begin. First, I want to remind our listeners to check us out on both Facebook and Instagram at The Film Effect Podcast for all announcements and up-to-minute updates. Follow along on Twitter at Film Effect Pod for the best way to interact or hear from us. If you're on TikTok, then we're on TikTok. Follow along at Film Effect Podcast. And now we're on YouTube. Check out clips from previous episodes and we're going to be using it for watch along starting in August. Link in the episode notes. And finally, all electronic forms of mail, as usual, send them over to the Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. As always, positive, honest ratings, reviews, they really do help us out. So send them in as best as you can Spotify, Apple, or the website. Merch, low prices, snug material, and a variety of new designs, especially that new pride design that we got out there. And yeah, before we tighten that grip and bring on the drip, I got to call out my boy Justin on his recent letterbox postings on Twitter. I knew this was going to come up. Dude, saying shit like The Exorcist 2 is better than The Exorcist 3, and then he had the fucking balls to give the original old boy a star and a half. Yeah, that movie blows. The people of the goddamn movie world deserve to know why. Why, damn it, Why? I just I think it's a bad movie. Like I don't I don't get why really? everybody loves it so much. It has those three or four scenes that are like iconic and they're they're good. They're good scenes. I'm not gonna say they're not, but like the story around it is so fucking bad. Like it's shit depressing. like is set up and, and doesn't go anywhere. Like he's he's locked up and he, he like he takes the chopstick and he starts like digging his way out for years at a time and then he gets to the point where he like gets to the outside not to the point where you can escape but just like kind of feel the rain outside and, and breathe a little outside air and then in the very next scene he's set free it's like well what the fuck was the point of the past two minutes where he's digging he's digging his way out there was just like four or five instances of that where they set something up and it went nowhere i'm just like this, this is a fucking terrible script i i don't get and it's, I've watched it more than once. It's just one of those movies I'm never going to get it. I don't see what everybody loves it. What I think you should really do, seriously, is, like I said, um, try and stomach that Spike Lee remake. Do that first. Oh, I'm going to. And then yeah, I'm going to. Do, I'll send you the link if I have to, but it's it's two videos. It's a two-part, uh, hour-and-a-half long total, like just pretty much comparison of the two, and he breaks down like what the movie he's basically kind of like maybe you missed some things and he's gonna like you know open your eyes to some things that maybe you missed um i think it's one of the most detailed accurate um honest representations of you know a film comparison he's taken an honest you know 
original film and its controversial sequel or not sequel uh, remake and um he he does a really good comparison of the two and in in, in doing so he also kind of breaks down and explores like what the overall film's about you know maybe there's something that you didn't get you know um I don't I, get any of it. I well, mean, I get. I understand maybe what's maybe going he'll on. open your eyes to something. Why it's interesting? Yeah. Well, let let me turn the tables. As, as a super fan, what's so good about? It? I mean, I wouldn't call myself a super fan of the movie. No, I thought you loved it. Well, what? Uh, just forget that. I mean, I do love yeah, it. I, I I think it's you know unique. There's um one of the darkest fucking films I've ever seen in my life. You know, but that's not that's you know we've we've talked about this in the passive movies you know we had a whole episode on seven just because the film's depressing doesn't make it a bad film but um, yeah that's not why i don't like it i don't i don't care about that you know but tone be damned i I just doesn't make sense to me though i think it's silly but that's not the darkness doesn't bother me the silliness bothers me The, the implausibility like i'm willing to suspend disbelief in a movie uh, this one asks a lot of suspension and disbelief. There's just shit that happens and it just keeps happening more and more throughout the movie. I'm just like, God damn, like, is any of this like take place? It, it might as well have been a science fiction movie. Like none of it was, took place in any discernible real world. It was just, it's just a bizarre movie. To me. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just that Asian cinema that's just different than us and i, I, I like asian cinema i just think I the movie's this. different yeah it's 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 asking a lot um but the movie takes its time and that's one of the things i think i appreciate most about it is that it just um and I'm, I, it's really hard for me to actually kind of like break it down because i haven't seen the film in like five or six years so it's been around the time since the original or the remake came out since i actually sat down and watched the first one or the original so um, I, I really don't have a really descriptive, you know, memory to go off of because it's it's been a little while. But you know, I I still know the movie pretty well and what happens and everything. And that ending, you know, it's something you don't forget. Um, but overall, I just think that something about the movie that is just let's just put a pin on this conversation. Uh, let me rewatch the film, and then I think the people listening that give a damn you know, kind of deserve to hear you and I go back and forth. Maybe on a future episode of Furecast, after I go ahead and watch it, we can take a few minutes and actually, you know, pick back up on this conversation. Cause I, I do yeah, think that's one, th- that's one of those movies like the deer hunters, another one that I, I just don't love it the way a lot of people do. And that always blows Sean's mind. And it's like, if I could watch those movies with you guys, I could explain like beat by beat what I don't like about them and make it make sense. Like I can't, from memory for a movie I didn't really care all that much about give you a very articulate reasoning for why I don't like it um but like I said if we were watching it I used to tell Sean the same thing about the deer hunter I'm like let's just watch it one time and I can explain to you like you know he's seen it 50 times so it's not like I'm just some asshole ruining it talking over it the whole time you know what I mean right just be our, our own little commentary between us so I could do a better job of explaining it that way. Now, conversely, since you brought it up, one of these days in some form, I'm going to defend The Exorcist too. I don't know how I'm going to go about it, but I'm going to like explain. You are going to be alone uh, on that island, buddy. I got 
Hey, I got a bone to pick with that. You think Exorcist 2 is better than the third one? Bullshit. I, I, I hate the third one. I thought the third one was off. What? Yeah. The third I one? It's almost as good as the first one. I love the it, third one. It's another one of those movies. Like, I don't get what you guys see in it. I really don't. Now, I, I got, say, I got, no, I was going to say, I, I don't dislike the second one just because it's so fucking weird, but yeah, it blows my mind that you think it's better than the third one. Yeah, it, it, out of the three, it's my favorite one to put on. I'm not saying it's better than the first one. I'm not saying it's better than the first one, but I enjoy it more. So uh, that's you all I'm saying. Here, folks. <laughs> this might be the shortest episode of Fewer Cast because my head fucking hurts. <laughs> hey, you brought it up, not me. Oh, I know, and I'm shutting that shit down real quick. <laughs> God damn. All right, guys. All right. Now, um, now we can bring on the drip. Woo. I may have some breaking news for you. Ellie. Let's kick off with a little bit of Mad Max news. Furios is now in production. To my surprise, I, yeah, I didn't hear this. Didn't even know that, you know, Chris Hemsworth is signed on to be the villain. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy is Furiosa. Uh, I'm looking at set pictures right now. It's definitely a fucking George Miller Mad Max production. Um, who knows? This might take you know another four or five years to make. <laughs> so, cause didn't Fury Road take like a decade to film? I don't think the filming part took that long. It took it took about twenty years just to get to the filming part. Well, no, they filmed it. They started filming in 2010. The film didn't come out until no, they didn't start filming that early. I Did mean, they really? Yeah. I mean, it couldn't be because Tom Hardy is. It's not like he was super aged in the film. Hang on, I'm telling you guys right now, Mad Max Fury Road started production a lot earlier than what you think. I would maybe say like, like 2012. Maybe. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. I, it might have taken them like eight months to film it, which is long for a movie. But I don't. Because I know they, I know they had to stop for a while. Because of, I mean, um, I could be wrong. 2008, I believe it was Bronson, right? Never mind. Brown, it was supposed to begin was, in 2010, then it got delayed to 2012. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was just supposed, go to the it was Wikipedia. It's crazy that the whole, the Jesus Christ, it's a he whole was supposed story. to make it with Mel Gibson at one point, like back in like that 2000, was in 2000. Yeah, so I mean, it's been kicking around for a long time. Yeah, but I I just hope that Furiosa doesn't take as long. Um, kind of disappointed that there's not going to be any Mad Max in this one, but you know, it's still going to be in that that universe. So that's good. And you know, like I said, I, I'm looking at the pictures right now, and it's definitely a Mad Max movie. Um, you know, yeah, I mean. I'm excited. I, I, I'll say this, that um, Anya Taylor-Joy, she doesn't do bad movies or bad things. No, right. she doesn't. He, he picks, like, good projects. So that alone uh, has me optimistic. And obviously, Fury Road was fucking awesome. So I'm ready uh, I'm ready for this one. Yeah, that, and like I said, Hemsworth is a villain. I'm, I'm down. I like, um, Hemsworth can play a psychopath really well. Have you guys ever seen... Uh, the, the bad times at El Royale. He plays a real fucking good villain in that movie. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I wish it would have had more of them. Honestly, because yeah. well, it didn't show up till the end. Yeah. Well, the thing about that movie is it just had such a massive cast. You know, so many people can only have so much time on screen. 
Uh, but this one, yeah, and I'm I'm sure we'll hear more news as uh it comes around. Uh, other than then that, um, yeah, the last, yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, well, goddamn. Any, pal. any guy, you guys want to comment? Anybody else? I mean, we got like five people in the episode, so. I I mean I love Mad Max. I think it's a magnificent film film franchise. I actually just got done playing a little bit of Borderlands two the other day and thought to myself like, man, I would kill for another Mad Max film. So this excites me for sure. Uh, no major interest in the new movie, and if you need some more Mad Max, uh, I would suggest playing the Mad Max game, which is actually really fun. Sean, yeah, um, if Sean was on here, he'd be going gaga over that for about 10 minutes because he loves that game. He played it when it first came out and swore by it for the longest time. I forget who developed that, but they're competent developers for sure. Yeah, I have no idea who developed that game. I know it came out like four uh, or five years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, before we move on, anybody else want to comment on the uh, Furiosa news? No, just looking, looking forward to it. I'm glad it's in production. Miller's getting up there, so, you know, yeah. he's got to... I was going to say, how, pre- how old is Miller these days? I mean, Jesus Christ. He's in his 80s. Yeah, he's in his 80s. He's got to be. He is. Well, he and is. those aren't easy to make these these well, i guess we're calling them wasteland movies because it's not a mad max movie at this point but um he's well, the got production to, value has got to be bonkers for these movies yeah it is oh there and he's got another movie that he already filmed and is ready to come out forget what it's called i saw the trailer i wasn't too crazy about it but he like wanted to get that one out of the system before he went back and did furiosa oh um i know you're talking about i i, I can't think of it at the top of my head though so. Hey man, fuck it. You're in your 80s. Do whatever the hell you want, man. That's right. You want to do Happy Feet three? Fuck it. Do Happy Feet three. <laughs> Don't happy do Happy Feet three. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on then, guys. Um, let's talk about Heat two. Cause yeah, Heat two is coming. It's just not coming the way you'd expect it to come. So for those, well, I wasn't expecting it to come. Well, it's coming on August 9th, the same day that the original gets its 4K. Uh, release, which I'm really looking forward to, but it's not going to be in the form of a film. No, it's man's first novel. He's actually wrote, written a book about it. Um, instead of making the movie, he went on to write a book, and I'm hoping that this book eventually gets turned into a film because I would love nothing more to, than to see a, a heat too. But see, reading what the book's about, I doubt we're going to get that adaptation because it's a direct sequel to the first film. So, unless they want to just digitize some people and do some... CG De Niro, baby. Well, here's (laughs) the uh, synopsis is, uh, it's about Chris, Val Kilmer's character. uh, He's holed up in Koreatown, wounded, half delirious, and desperately trying to escape (laughs) L.A. He's basically, it takes place directly after the first film ends, or the first, yeah, the first story ends. Hannah just killed... uh, McCauley and now he's after uh, Chris who's still on the run and that's what the, the book's about it's it's yeah. now he, he took down Neil and now Hannah's after Chris I mean I guess you could get a son to do the voice and Val Kilmer could be on there and just get DH it, but that's it wouldn't a lot make of any sense no it, it would make no sense to do it because again it takes place minutes after the first film ends so 
I mean, we remember how well the de-aging of De Niro looked the last time he did it, so why not jump right back into it? Yeah, we do. Well, De Niro's dead, so it'd be Pacino who got the uh, de-aging done. That's right. <laughs> well, same same thing. I love the Irishman, but the, the de-aging was obviously the weakest aspect yeah, of that I, movie. I, I agree. I agree. But I now, mean, I'd be more inclined to have like an audio novel than an actual film about it. You can do that. I mean, that's what audiobooks are for, and every book seems to have one these days. So there will eventually be a Heat Two movie adaptation. Now Michael Mann's not going to be involved. Pacino, Val Kilmer, none of them are going to be involved. It's going to be like direct a Red Box and just a bunch of like no name motherfuckers. I'll have Wayne Grove back. Yeah, he's exactly. fucking it. Yeah, it'll be like produced by like STX Films or some shit. Right. It'll be, straight yeah, it'll be a Netflix exclusive that will rack up about one hundred and fifty thousand views. It, it won't even be a Netflix a Netflix exclusive. It'll be like a fucking IMDb TV exclusive. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was at least trying to give it credit. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, seriously, this is one of the things that I just don't want to see it. I love the first one so much, and you know, given I, I think releasing this in book form is perfect since. You know, this is 25 years later, or 27 years later, actually. Um, you just can't do it. So why I mean, not? I, why not I could get behind it? that though, because you know your imagination can run wild with it, and you don't have to actually physically see Al Pacino being like 80, 90 years old doing God knows what. That's the point, Andrew. <laughs> that is the um, fucking point. <laughs> is it called Heat Two? Yes. Like, is that the title? Yes. Yeah, you get a good title. No, subtitle in Heat. Yeah, it's called Heat 2. It's called Heat or Hotter. Heat 2, and another reason why Heat I brought lane, this up is because this month, or this month, this week, Al Pacino was kind of commenting on it, um, and he said that he would like to see, if they did make a movie, he said, he would like to see Timothy Chalamet take the role over for him. Thoughts? For him? <laughs> I mean, what, is it set in 1979? Like, there's kind I of mean, an age they, gap between. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I, I think Pacino was like 55, if I'm not mistaken, in the first right. film. And <laughs> I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even think Shyamalan is 30. <laughs> I think they want Pacino from a nap to answer that question. That doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, what are they going to do? Godfather Part 2 this thing? It's going to be a heat prequel. <laughs> He's going to be in fucking eyes. Yeah, it'll be like Godfather fucking... Part 2. You de-aged a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, he couldn't have found somebody at least like in his 30s or 40s. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, like I said, August 9th will be a big day because 4K Heat and then Heat 2 in book form, which I'll be getting. So um, I'm sure we'll do a podcast or something on it later on this year after we all get together and read it. So anyway, let's move on to Jason Blum, who believes that he can get... The cockiness of this motherfucker. He thinks, and he truly believes this, he can get Robert England to play Freddy Krueger one last time. Now, I don't (laughs) know if... uh, Back up that money truck, you probably can. Yeah, well, here's the thing about that, all right? England is, like, 75 now. And I know... People are like, oh, what's makeup? Okay. About a year ago, he donned the makeup one last time for the Goldbergs. And I don't know if anyone's seen it. Uh, yeah. 
England should not get back in the makeup anymore. Sorry. Was it? Was it? Did it look worse than when they CGI Jeff Garland's head onto his body for this season? Did you hear about that or see that? No, but hold that thought. Hold your thought on that one. Just, uh, wow, you kind of just threw me off. Them speechless. No, um. Goddamn, pal. The uh, no, 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 no. England was on there uh, as Freddy Krueger last Halloween, and he just doesn't look it. He just the he for for starters, he's gained a lot of weight, and it shows. Like it, it looks like Fatty Krueger was basically what it looked like. <laughs> It just didn't look right. The makeup and everything, like, it just, it, no. Like, I think he served, I think Freddy versus Jason was, you know, a little off into the sunset with the character for England. And I'm fine with that. I've I've made my peace with, you know, it's been almost 20 years since that film came out. You know, leave it, leave it alone at, at this point. Well, I mean, there's also got to be, you know, taking into credit the production value of a television show versus a movie. Maybe that had something to do with it. I, Bring back Jack Girl Haley. No. No, don't do don't, that. Don't, don't, don't do ever that. do that again. Don't you dare fucking do that. That Leave that movie alone. It deserves to stay in 2010 where it belongs. That movie is fucking terrible, dude. Uh, <laughs> But no, like this... I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of beside myself with this because... Uh, I, I I like Jason Blum, but on the other hand, I think he's an arrogant motherfucker, and sometimes he shoots off his mouth way too much. And this instance is one of those. Like this is this is kind of when I read this, I was like, oh Christ, he's getting cocky again, because he's just like he, the direct quote is, "I could make him come back. I can get anyone back. Ellen Bernstein was eighty-seven, and I got her back in The Exorcist that we're doing." Yeah, Robert England's 75. He's young. Uh, no. It just doesn't look right. I'm sorry. Leave it be, okay? If we're going to continue Elm Street, then... I don't know. That's a hard one to tackle. It's not like doing another Friday the 13th or another Halloween. Because Freddy Krueger is an actual character, who speaks, who has, you know, a, a whole look and feel, and it, you know, and, and clearly the whole remake thing didn't work the first time. So, unless, I don't know, anyone else want to speak on this? Well, the comparison to Ellen Bernstein stupid because she didn't play a, a, like, a, a character with prosthetics. She played a woman, you know, it, a dumb comparison. So you got her back at eighty five. Would it? You're not. She doesn't have to do anything special to play that role. Right. Right. Like, right. You know, like you made the point about Robert England putting on the makeup and just not looking right. And like, there's plenty of Freddy Krueger content out there. Does anybody really want to see a seventy five year old Robert England? Like, other than like nostalgia, just go. Oh, isn't that sweet? Like, and then fucking hate the end result. Like, just let it be. Like, he's too old to do it. Move on. I agree. You know, not to mention you got to I mean, when you play Freddy Krueger, I'm not saying you have to be like super fast or anything, but you like a 75 year old man trying to nail the Freddy Krueger ethic is just not really there. Like, I feel like I don't know. I just don't see it. Michael Myers is one thing, maybe even Jason Voorhees. But Freddy Krueger, I mean, I still his, think... his body language is it has to be there. 
I still. He's, he's, I'm not saying he has to do stunts or anything, but he's got to move around. I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but he's got to move around. Why would you be a dick about it? <laughs> no, I think that I, I like the whole idea of, of Kevin Bacon when that whole rumor was running around a year or two ago. I like the idea of Kevin Bacon donning the makeup and playing it. You know, at least it's someone with a little bit more recognition than Jackie Earl Haley. Because I'll admit, I was one of those people who was like calling for Jackie Earl to get the role because I thought it was it it in twenty. 2008, 2009, before he was actually cast and, and they made the film, it sounded like a good cast. Like, it sounded like, you know, Jackie Earl, he could do it. If anyone can replace Robert England, uh, a lot of people, especially after Watchmen came out, had all the faith in the world in Jackie Earl Haley. But then the film happened and. I can only speak for myself, but when I got back from that midnight showing on April 30th, 2010, I was pissed. And yeah, it, that movie sucked. And in fact, I was there. <laughs> my, my like, fucking 18-paragraph rant on Facebook is still up because every year on that time, I still get, you know, my memories pop up and I still read that fucking thing as a reminder of how bad that was. Well, but interestingly it, enough, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed the Friday the 13th remake, but this film was just bad. Again, like you're a dealing with attempt. a character with a personality. You know, Jason Voorhees yeah, does not have a personality. He's just a guy in a makeup, or he's a guy in a fucking hockey mask who kills people, doesn't speak, well, that's what I'm, doesn't even run. You know, anyone can play that. A fucking nutless monkey can play Jason Voorhees. You know, Freddy Krueger is a personality guy, someone who has, who cracks one-liners. And you gotta have the attitude, you gotta have, you know, the aurora, you gotta have the look. You've gotta have a lot of things to play Freddy Krueger. You know, let's be honest here, Robert Englund definitely left a big impression, you know. He, he, he left some big shoes for someone to fill. And, and the thing about the remake, it's not like Jackie Earl Haley's fault that the movie's bad. The whole thing's ill-conceived. Like, it's it's bit poorly directed. It's a bad script. It's the fact that they, like, part of the inherent fun of Freddy Krueger is that even in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, where he's scarier than any of the other ones, and he's, you know, it's not so many one-liners. That came later. But it's still a somewhat silly character. Like, and in this one, they just, they really tried to lean into the, like, we're going to make a gritty remake and really play up the, like the child molester part of it. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, who the fuck wants to wallow in that? Like you, you got just enough of that in the original series to, to make him menacing. But then there were other things of the character to, to soften that and make them likable in the end. You know, you're, you're rooting for the guy who's killing everybody. Yeah. Well, it was like I was saying the other week about The Dark Knight. That was around the time when every single film that came out had to be nitty and gritty, and I have no right. fucking idea why, and it obviously didn't work in its favor. Yeah. Uh, you know, just let it be. Um, Just, just let it be. I, I don't want to see Jason Blum, you know, put his money where his mouth is, and, you know, let's just say he's successful in getting Robert Englund. Oh, wow, we got 76, 77-year-old Robert England now playing Freddy Krueger yet again. And it's not the same, you know. The last time he played that character in his prime was 
20 years ago. And I don't know, even then it was, you could tell in Freddy vs. Jason that Robert England was over that hump and he wasn't what he used to be, you know, looked great. Don't get me wrong. Looked, sounded great, you know, everything, but that was it. That was the swan song for that, you know, for that version of the character, in my opinion. Um, so let it be. That's where I'm at on this whole thing. I don't want to see yeah, anyone just get else. Somebody new. Just here's an idea: do something original. Don't remake Freddy or another Freddy movie. You know, there's no need. We don't. We're not sitting here as horror fans clamoring for a new Elm Street movie. <laughs> Some people are. I mean, I can't speak for all of us. I know. I'm not. I know. I can at least speak for you guys. None of us are. So. Hey, before we move on, did anybody else want to comment on this? No, I just would say, like, I'd be okay with another Nightmare on Elm Street. Just do something different. Like, just take it, either just completely do your own thing and new remake or just take it in a different direction. Like, Robert England, uh, you know, it, it's over. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't get as much from, like, all this nostalgia shit. Like, of, like with Spider-Man having all the fucking old characters back was it cool? I guess. I don't know. I would rather just see some new shit. Like that's how I am with, uh, Freddie. I mean, in Robert England, like he had his time. It's mm. fucking over. He's old as shit. You know, let him do something else. So like, he was good in that little guest spot on stranger things. Like that was fine. But I mean, just, you don't need him back as Freddie. Just do something different. Just get a good actor and have him be Freddie. You know, I think it'll work just fine. I, I don't subscribe to the thing of, Oh, Robert England did it the best. No one can ever do it as good. That's bullshit. That's the way people talked about Nicholson and uh, the Joker. And then we got Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix afterwards. I, I don't buy into that shit. Just get somebody good and do your own thing. I agree. I mean, I, I the thing about if we're going to remake Nightmare on Elm Street, I think the greatest characteristic about Freddy is how comedic he is. If I were the man in the high chair, I would probably pick like more of a comedian, and try to have him kind of delve into a dark role. That would just be me in my position. Yeah, me. Bob Odenkirk. Just put Bob Odenkirk in there and you'd be good to go. <laughs> Somebody that's... Bob. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk, he would probably work, honestly. Well, the thing is, they're going to keep churning out Nightmare on Elm Streets every so often. They, they, they're going to do it... I mean, that's just the age we live in with these IPs. They they make money even if it's not a, you know, $100 million every time out. If they make the thing for under 20 million and it makes 40 million then they made a profit so you know they're, they're gonna make it it's just how can they best do it and i think that you guys are maybe on to something with go back to make it a little a little bit more comedic and lean into that you, you tried the, the dark gritty version and obviously nobody wanted that i mean personally speaking and this is kind of like my little on this before I move on personally I think that uh, it's kind of a hot take I think Elm Street 2 is the best of the franchise and I think that features the scariest iteration of Freddy Krueger the character so but that's just me yeah, I agree call me that. crazy I don't agree with it being the best but I agree with it being the, uh, the scariest version of Freddy 
And I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. I just, I don't like it better than one or three. It's so crazy. I used to hate two growing up. I thought two and five were the worst. Yeah, I, th- I still I think, think five's the worst. But now, yeah. I, in the last four or five years, I've just had this like newfound love for the second film, and like I've come around fully to it. And it's now like, like I said, it's my favorite of the series. And I'm not even saying that hesitantly. I'm being you know pretty straightforward about it because I'm. I say it all the time, you know, when I had these conversations here and there with fellow horror fans about Elm Street or whatever, and I always say, yeah, Elm Street too. that's my shit. That's my new favorite film of the of the, of the series. Get out of here. It is. Fucking first you got Justin with Exorcist 2, and now your bullshit <laughs> with Freddy 2. Jesus Christ. Where's your hot take? Where's your hot take this episode, motherfucker? <laughs> I don't know. I'll try to come up with a shitty second one that I can say is better than the first one. Uh, and right. the thing... The thing with part two that's helped me like it more over the years was is the whole queer subtext, which I was never yeah. aware of until like the past 10 or so years. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And like when I watch the movie now, I watch it through that lens. And it's mm-hmm. like it makes it a much more interesting movie to me than than previously when I just viewed it as a inferior sequel. It's like, oh, well, this actually has some meaning to it. I, I, I kind of like this. And there's a lot of like, you know, hidden meanings and innuendos, like the whole Freddy coming out, get it? Coming yeah, it out. seems very obvious now. Yeah. It's like, oh, geez, now I see him. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I definitely see it. But yeah, not as, as a teenager, I didn't pick up on it. All right, I think we can move on now. Uh, let's talk about Dune for a little bit. Dune Part Two. We have a Lady Margot, um, Leia Sude, Sid, Sid, uh, Sidu. How do you pronounce her name? Leah, I, don't, I know who you're talking about the, the French actress. Yeah, yeah Leah Sedu. That's how I'm going to pronounce we'll it. Go with that. Has been cast as Lady Margot for Dune Part Two. How do you do, Lady Sedu? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, thoughts? Uh, I mean, haven't I don't know if anybody else read the book. Haven't read the book. I. Don't know who this actress is, but it's not a huge part in the book. Oh, it's and, not. You know, nah. No. I mean, it's an important part, but I mean, it's not, it, not in any way, shape, or form a main character. It's a very gotcha. peripheral character that comes in at the end. Yeah, so, nobody's seeing Dune for this character. No. Okay. So it, it it's a minor thing. It, it, you know, is it cool news to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I mean, she's a big still- actress, and she's getting a lot more recogni- recognition now, which I'm I'm happy that it's finally, you know, she's finally starting to get noticed. Because I, the first time I saw her was in a really, she's in like two seconds of Inglorious Bastard. She's one of the, uh, the the farmer's daughters in the opening scene, uh, and from there she was uh, a Bond girl inspector. Uh, she's actually in No Time to Die, which I've yet to see. And um, Amazon, recently, she was in um, the Crimes of the Future, the new Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. I, yeah I think she was I, in I, French Dispatch. I think she's fantastic in that, for the record. She's big, she's big in France. She's been around, I think, I want to say it's about 20 years ago she started as a and she maybe even before that, but the first time I ever heard of her, and I, I've never seen the movie, but it's a movie called, I think it's called Swimming Pool, mm-hmm. um, a French a French movie. Okay. Um, and that's that's where like she kind of popped on my radars back then. She, she was a teenager at the time, so she's she's been big in France for a while now. She's starting to finally like hit big movies here. 
Good. Um, all right. Uh, anybody else have anything to comment on this? Because I really don't. Because I, I, I'm still sitting here on part one that I have to watch still. So. Yeah, get on. It's a good movie. Oh, I am. I, I, mean, am. It's, I didn't buy it for You nothing. might want to wait for part two. Yeah, it's kind of a jip that it just like stops midway through the story. But um, it's, it's, it's so well done. It's, it's just amazing to look at. Yeah. Otherworldly. Like that, the yeah. world building uh, Villeneuve does in that movie is fantastic. Like the sets and the scale. I mean, like, you know, you watch some movies and you're like, where did the money go? But like, you can see every penny on the screen. Yeah. And just the way it's done, it, it you cool. feel like you're on an alien planet the whole time. It's cool. worth it for the visuals alone. Um, so moving on to some Kevin Costner news. So Costner is gearing up to direct his first project in nearly 20 years, a western called Horizon, that he plans to split into four films <laughs> it's his avatar it's i was about to took the word <laughs> straight from my mouth what a legend <laughs> is it gonna be like him like it's gonna be like the simpsons joke for the postman it's gonna be him walking with a fucking <laughs> horse in the desert for like 12 hours and it's gonna get split into four movies horizon will span 15 years Hang on. oh shit <laughs> it oh god did you say was doing this only Costner can make a fucking is he gonna bring his recycled piss water with him it spans 15 years it'll span 15 years into the settlement of America's western horizon and focus on both the settlers as well as the indigenous groups that first occupied the land so, oh boy! Yeah. All the kids in social studies and fucking history are gonna love this shit. <laughs> he said. We used to watch the North and the South, and when I was in high school, that was our thing. Here, here's a quote from Cosner that I told Variety: "I'm happiest because at one point in TV where you can get your largest audience, they're going to get it. They're going to get to see it the way I intended it to be seen. It will eventually be cut up into hour-long episodes or 42 minutes, however TV works." But their first viewing of it will be as four two-hour and forty-five-minute movies. And, and <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I fucking knew it. I knew that'll it really keep it. people's oh attention span going. Spoil- it's gonna play. It's gonna play on TCM at fucking two thirty <laughs> on a Saturday. <laughs> By accident. Yeah. No, I, that's I'm, gonna be your fucking demographic I'm right sitting there. this one out. Spoiler alert, I will not be checking out Horizon. Sorry. I can't. Oh God. Like See, we're laughing about it, but I will check it out because what I found is I always laugh at Kevin Costner movies and then I end up liking every single one of them. So I, I I'm laughing at this now. It sounds silly, but I I I'm the the target. I'm the guy at TCM at five in the afternoon will be watching this. I'm not going to lie. I'd rather watch a documentary and his recycled piss water. Justin, <laughs> Justin will be there watching it after he's done watching Exorcist 2 for his 20th time. No, I'm going to watch Wyatt Earp before I watch the the Kevin Costner one. I, I'm the only person on the planet who likes Wyatt Earp. Now, before I get into trouble, I'm not saying it's better than Tombstone, but I like it. <laughs> no, you're not. I think it. I think it's unjustly maligned because it came out 
around the same time, I think even after Tombstone. And Tombstone is clearly the more fun, entertaining movie. But Wyatt <laughs> Earp is a really well done um, telling of that of that whole story. Yeah. I, I I remember a video a while back. I forget who put it out, but it was like a side-by-side of Tombstone and Wyatt Earp. And it had like all the action scenes of Tombstone and then like fucking Wyatt Earp. It just had Kevin Costner like sitting there fucking in silence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing my ass. It was obviously done That's for funny hyperbole, shit. but it was funny as shit because it was the same thing. I remember watching Wyatt Earp and just being bored out of my gourd <laughs> watching it because I like Tombstone. That's great. All right. Um, let's move on. So, uh, from Kevin Costner to Denzel. So, the Equalizer 3 has been announced. And yeah. it's going to reunite Dakota Fanning with her Man on Fire co-star, Denzel. So. I have trouble believing these Equalizer movies are this popular. Like, are they doing that kind of box office? They can turn these things out. Yeah, I fucking I'm, love the Equalizer. Yeah, the first I've never seen it. The it first the one's tight. The first one's tight. The second one's okay, but um, it it they do. I was make... referring to the Wolf of Wall Street quote. I apologize. Go on. Okay. Well, the good the the movies um they they pull in some good some decent box office draw. I mean, they're enough to make sequels and um. You know, this is um, also coming off the heels of the TV show with Queen Latifah. That is, may I remind you, still on the air and just got picked up for a new season, so it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So this is a franchise. (laughs) This is an IP that is currently running in film and TV with different genders, for Christ's sake. Now, I wanted to bring this up because we were talking about Robert Englund and Freddie how old is Denzel? I feel like he's getting a little borderline too old. Denzel's in his mid sixties. This is his taken. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll I'll give it that. I you know what? But Denzel's still kicking ass. You know, I don't know how long. What was Safe House? I don't know. He was looking kind of sluggish in the second. Because I just watched. That's all I know. I just watched um, Safe House a couple weeks back and. Kind of like I, I fucking love that movie. That was like fifteen years ago. Was it? That wasn't that ago. long ago, was it? Let me look. It At up. least ten years ago. Because I thought he fucking brought it in that movie. I like. I'm it, not gonna lie. I went and saw it. the Equalizer pretty much day one in the movie theater. I was so with I you. Loved it. Yeah, I was there with you. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> oh, it was ten years ago. <laughs> Shit. I, Damn. Safe house. I did not out. see the second one though. The I don't first know, the one's act- magnificent. The action and fences sucked. Fences. The action. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Fences. Um, but no. Let's get. Let, 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 let me reel this back in to the the point here, the topic. So Dakota Fanning's uh, reunited with Denzel, and again, haven't seen them two together since Man on Fire. Now that was a whole different time. I mean, Dakota Fanning was like fucking eight years old in that movie, but I love Man on Fire. So for that feet alone I'm willing to give this movie regardless of what I thought you know the first two films opinions aside I'm gonna give this movie a fair chance um just because I you know love Man on Fire that much do I think this is gonna become the next you know Man on Fire fuck no uh, but I'm at least you know gonna have fun with it because it's Equalizer and you know the first two films were you know 
an event at least. You know, even though the second one is nowhere near as good as the first, I still had fun watching it in the theater. So call it old man on fire. Yeah, right. But now it, it'll come out. It, it's coming out September 1st, 2023. Um, and I'm sure we'll have more. Uh, same director, Antoine Fuqua. I was going to ask, is he back yeah. for this one? Yeah. So, you know, same team as the first two films. Uh, the first film grossed $194 million worldwide, and the sequel grossed $190 million worldwide. So they're both, you know, Holy on shit. par. Yeah, they both are. Yeah, that's those, more than I thought. Yeah, me too, actually. And, you know, good for Denzel, because he really hasn't been putting out these action films like he used to. I mean, what was his last movie? That Macbeth Fences? film? That, that. No, uh, nah, Macbeth. <laughs> Oh, I thought you said action film. No, I just said film in general. It was Tragedy and Macbeth, <laughs> the Joel Cohen. Yeah, Macbeth, I think, because he got nominated or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think he directed something within the past year, so that, those two probably kept him busy. Oh, yeah, that, like, uh, sappy movie. Yeah, it was, directed- like, Letters for Jordan or something like that. Yeah, with yeah. Michael B. Or maybe I'm just thinking it had Michael B. Jordan. I don't know. But, yeah, it was some sappy movie he directed. You do realize all we've talked about this entire time is washed out old ass actors reprising roles they don't need to reprise. <laughs> we've ran out of talent in Hollywood. Love, you were well, gonna I'm super love the next tidbit. Apparently, Denzel Washington is writing sappy letters to Michael B. Jordan. So I'm down for that. Film. <laughs> That's his uh, movie. Well, get ready, Eric, because we're about to talk about Scream Six. Actually, no. Oh, we're gonna, we are talking. <laughs> I apologize to some of the people in this group, but uh, I'm talking about Chucky season two because <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Trust me. Just hear me out. They announced this week uh, the whole slew of cast members for the second season. Uh, first off, Meg Tilly. Ghostface. Okay. Ghostface just could be in Child's Play now. That's what's over there. There's running out ideas. Eric, you're about to get banned from future episodes if you interrupt me with your stupid humor again. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking just give you the boot. Um, no, Meg Tilly, Jennifer Tilly's sister, is has joined the show for the second season as well as her Bound co-stars, Gina Gershon and Joey Pants. Joey fucking Pants is going to be oh, on yeah. season two of Chucky. Come on. Joey's bringing the pants, baby. That is why I had to fucking bring that up. I was like, no fucking way. I had to do, now I got to watch I had it. to do a double take. I was like, fucking Joey Pantoliano is going to be on Chucky season two. Just, it's fucking just awesome. Just give me what I want. Just give me him berating Chucky before he gets yes. killed. And I'll watch the episode. Give it to me. I want it all. Uh, no. And of course, Devin Sawa's back for a third character. Um, not sure how they're going to do that, but you know, it was cool. They got this whole cast, um, photo of them all in set together that they posted on Twitter. Um, Joey pants wearing God. I got to give Joey one thing, man. The man, knows how to dress himself and no matter what he's always got like these this unique set of clothing on and he's rocking this like sky blue get up <laughs> with Wouldn't his uh, 
Joey Pants doesn't know how to put on his own pants anymore. Can go head backwards like he's Sam Jackson and Jackie Brown. Meg Tilly, she's supposed to be the younger sister of Jennifer Tilly, but she looks like she's got about 10 years on her sister. Fuck me. Um, then again, Jennifer, never seen her. Jennifer Tilly just looks amazing still to this day. I just I can't say enough good things about Jennifer Tilly. Um, she's still married to the poker player? They never got married. They're together. They're just they're still together. Yeah, yeah. And um, Gina Gershon looks like Gina Gershon. She really didn't really go anywhere. She still pops up from time to time. Uh, she still looks like an alien. It's cool. But Meg Tilly, no, Meg Tilly looks just like her sister, but she it looks ten years older for some reason. And I'm not, you know, trying to make fun of her. I'm just calling it as I sees it. You know, she's got a whole head full of gray hair, whereas Jennifer's like just all blonde up. So. I think she's like five years younger than Jennifer, even though she looks like she's t- t- ten years older. I don't know, um, but yeah, I always I, thought she was the older sister. Huh? I always thought she was the older sister. Jennifer Tilly's older. Yeah, Jennifer Tilly's older. Oh, I never realized that. Yeah, Meg's. Uh, Jennifer is sixty-three, and Meg is sixty-two. Not that much older, but still. Yeah. Uh, Meg Tilly, I remember her from the Psycho 2 and from um, the Body Snatchers remake. The one that, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Bad Lieutenant. Abel Ferrara. Abel Ferrara. Yeah, the one that he yeah. did back in 93. She was in the Big Chill, too. That was like her, I think, her first big thing that she was in. Oh, she was? Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's cool seeing her on this show. I mean, it'll it'll at least get her some exposure. Um, not that she's looking for it at this point of her career, but uh, you know, I yeah, there she is, big chill. And she was also, I didn't know she was with Colin Firth back in the mid nineties. Huh, cool. But now Meg Tilly, you know, like I said, it's cool seeing her get, you know, some work. And Joey Pants, like I said. Can't say enough about that fucking guy. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I just want to say my favorite Joey Pants movie, or my favorite Joey Pants moment is in The Goonies when he shoots that fire, when he shoots the the gasoline with the gun, causes the fire at the police station, and then laughs, and they drive away. Of all the big Joey Pant moments of, of, of uh, his career, that's the fucking I'm gonna scene. Put that, I'm going to put down. that over like a million bucks right there. The, the, the forgettable scene from the opening of The Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, just kidding. Alright, that'll uh, be a wrap on the drip this week. Let's move on to coming attractions. Coming soon to theaters. So did you guys watch the trailer I asked you to watch? Yep. Alright, so no. film that I'm talking about is coming out, I think it comes out next week from uh, Lionsgate on a DVD called Where the Scary Things Are. You're listening to Where the Scary Things Are. Three years ago, seven children disappeared without a trace. Were they taken by Lockjaw, a local urban legend, or something worse? This is their story. Lockjaw, the creepy guy that supposedly lives in the sludge ponds. Anyone here ever actually seen Lockjaw? You all are going to, drum roll, you're gonna create your own urban legends to see how false information becomes accepted as fact. 
want this urban legend project to rock. We make it way more scary. There's something in the box! Nothing could live in there, Snack. We need to find a place to hide this thing. This is gonna be great. in there anyway, huh? Just go. What the hell is this? <laughs> this is some sort of prank video, huh? This is awful. We have thousands of comments. I'd like to throw one of those haters in there. Everything on that channel is real. I'll take you there tonight. What the hell did you kids do? Hi, Mr. Lewis. You can smell fear. Did you ever see Lockjaw? I work with facts, Max. We need to call the cops. We are in over our heads. We will go right to the edge. So the reason I brought this up to you guys, uh, a couple reasons. Number one, I don't know if you noticed where they filmed it, but right up the road at uh, Field of Screams in Lancaster, PA, which is my favorite yeah, okay. my favorite Halloween haunt um, in the Delmarva area. Uh, but no, the uh, reason actually is because it's being directed by um, Harrison Smith, who directed that movie um, Death House that came out about four or five years ago? That was like the Expendables of Horror. They had like everyone in it from like Kane Hodder to uh, D Wallace and uh, Robert England. England's in it. Gunnar Hansen's also in it. He actually wrote the screenplay oh my God. with um, uh, Harrison Smith, the director. And the main reason why I'm bringing him up is because I talk to him pretty frequently on Twitter and he is going to be on the next episode of a conversation with, he's going to be our next guest. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I was talking to him and I'm like, dude, you know, you plus he's got a book that, um, he co-wrote with, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace of Halloween three fame. And it's about Halloween three and it comes out this. Oh, he, that book that's coming out, he, he co-wrote that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. So, uh, and I, believe me, I cannot wait to fucking interview him and, and or talk to him and pick his brain about that book because I love Halloween three. So, how does everybody feel about Halloween three? Obviously, Ed puts it over. Well, so does Justin. Yeah, I like. I don't put it over one or two, but I do like it a lot. I think standalone, you take it out of the Halloween franchise, it's a much much better film. But I, yeah. I had fun with it. Yeah. yeah, you call it something else. I think it would have like a lot of people would feel a lot differently about it. I think could have just called it Season of the Witches or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But you know, if you 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 have to remember what Carpenter and Deborah Hill and even Wallace himself were going for back then. They wanted to right. make it an anthology. They wanted to make every Halloween about a different story on Halloween night. 
But Universal was like, nah, we want that guy with the white mask back. And then finally... Yeah, that movie, it, it shit the bed so bad that it was like the, the mummy of its time. Like, yeah, they already had yeah. that whole... Uh, you know, it, and the, the first one came out and was so bad that it just killed the franchise before it even got started. That's basically right. what happened with Halloween. Yeah. So, and that's why Tommy Lee Wallace had nothing to do with Halloween Part 2 because he wanted, you know, the anthology thing. Because he was originally offered to direct before... When when Carpenter the Wake goes and you know I we talked about this last year on our Halloween two episode but for those of you who missed it, uh, check it out. But yeah, uh, what happened was in a nutshell, Carpenter was asked to come back, said, no, no, but this is what I want to do. I don't want to bring back no Michael Myers. I want to do this. But then they end up in the end getting forced back to writing it because of a lawsuit that stemmed from the fog. Um. And Tommy Lee Wallace was offered to direct first after Carpenter said no. And he was like, no, I want nothing to do with this because, you know, we made our movie with Michael Myers. So if you don't want to go with our anthology idea, then I'm I'm good. So, and that's it. Corey, here's your chance for a hot take. Halloween 2 better than the original? No. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, just to fit in, yes. Yes, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. God, uh, no. Like, do you like Halloween? Ha- I like Halloween too. Halloween too. I, like- I love Halloween. I think it's really underrated. I I agree. I agree with that. Um, I I think Halloween too. It's moved up in 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 the franchise for me over the years, especially you know as I've gotten a little bit older and watched the film more and more. Um, I, I mean, I-, I love Halloween too. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say especially because the rest of the sequels suck, and <laughs> I was gonna agree with you. No, because they don't. I don't. I, I legit do not think that all of the sequels suck for that franchise. So, I mean, we went through every single film. We gave every film of that series, all 13 of them or whatever, the full film effects treatment. There are episodes in the archives of every one. So go listen to them. I mean, I trust me. I implore you all to go back and listen to those episodes. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, where the scary things are is the next film from Harrison, Brent Harrison Smith, and um, he'll be the next guest on the conversation with, which I'm hoping to get with him in a few weeks to record. Corey, I'll be in touch, and hopefully I'll have that episode out in August, right around the time for Halloween time to get back into effect, so... Because I'm very curious as to where this whole horror film in Lancaster, Pennsylvania even stemmed from. Like, I've got questions. I'm just looking forward to asking him about that. So, uh, in the meantime, check it out. Support horror. You know, it may, it may look terrible. I think the killer's name is Lockjaw or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's still yeah, support independent yeah, horror. Yes. I can't stress that enough, guys. Never judge a book by its cover. Who knows? You might end up liking it. Uh, so that'll close the book on coming attractions. Now let's talk physical media roundup.
Uh, anybody pick up anything this week? I picked up Morbius in 4K. That's the only thing I got this week what? was Morbius. Why would you do that? Morbid, Morbid time, uh, baby. Uh, my morbid curiosity, I guess. Your Morbius curiosity. My morbid, morbid curiosity. <laughs> no, that, that's all I got. I, I picked that up and um, haven't watched it yet. So, yeah, Just watch it and then take it back. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> um i did get something actually um it was it was a documentary uh they had the crowdfunding one a couple years back uh it was by the in search of darkness uh guys which one uh the the sci-fi one in search of tomorrow i haven't watched it yet but i just got that in i thought that came out like a year ago you just got that. No, I think the digital. I, I've had the digital for a while. Oh. Just never got around to it. But as far as like a physical copy, they just sent them out. Um, no, I know you. May. I know you did the first in search of darkness by them. Did you do the second one? Yeah, I got the second one, and I got the third one. The I third one. Order. I was about to ask just about the to third complete. one. Okay. Yeah, just to complete the trilogy. Gotcha. Um, I gotta hang up the posters. I mean to do that. Because they they come with uh, pretty badass posters. Okay. I didn't cool. look at the In Search of Tomorrow poster, but I haven't watched it yet. But um, you know, judging by the quality of the um, In Search of Darkness, I'm sure it's going to be good. No, they're so they're good. But they that. they have them on um, Shutter, and I've watched them. So they're long as shit. Christ, goddamn, they're fucking oh yeah, they're long. like four hours. Yeah. But you know, I still enjoy them for what they are. But other than that, like I, I think we can stop doing retrospectives on 80s horror films after this. Like, seriously. Well, the, we can they already stop. said that In Search of Darkness 3 was the end. I mean, unless I'm just saying in general, it. like, for anyone who has, like, this idea of doing, like, a retrospective on, like, 80s horror, like, we can stop that now. We can, we can fucking so, close the book on that. <laughs> what is this In Search of Heart? I mean, In Search of Darkness. So what it was it, about. Isn't that the James Roth? Isn't like James Roth in that? Yeah, too? He's, he's in yeah, it. He's in it a lot. Everyone it's that's a, pretty much in horror. Go on, Corey. You tell him. Yeah, it's um just a retrospective. So it covers um the whole decade of the eighties, and it just talks about different movies. So it starts in like nineteen eighty, and it just picks a handful of horror movies. Um, it'll have like talk different talking heads. It'll have you know some of the maybe the writer of some of the movies or the directors or just personalities like the people you would expect um some of the actors and they all just talk about you know the impact of the movie or if somebody's on there that actually made the movie what it was like to make the movie stuff like that and then it'll have like general categories like you know like gore around this time or video nasties or you know just different little topics that fit into the time period so in search of darkness one covered it was like four hours a ton of movies and then in search of darkness two covered different movies the third one's probably going to be scraping a little lower because it already (laughs) covered a lot of the movies but you know if you're a fan of that time it's interesting and also to me like it was kind of interesting because there's a handful of movies i'd never heard of before on there which i didn't think was really possible but it is because i was in the 80s i was young like i you know i was like fucking four so well, the 80s <laughs> was like really big on just making whatever like throwing a whole bunch of darts against the wall and hoping that something sticks as far as horror films go oh yeah so i i could see it yeah that sounds it, interesting i'd like to check that out it is interesting and um as far as like a collector's point of view they only do a limited run on the uh physical media side 
so it holds its value pretty well. I mean, it's pricey. It's like, I think the, I did all the backers ones. It's like 60 bucks, but it comes with the Blu-ray. It comes with a bunch of pins, a poster, uh, maybe something else I forget. And then it holds its value pretty well. Like, you know, right. if I turned around and resold the physical copy, I, I'm pretty sure I would get my money back or, you know, it, it's a collector's thing to get the physical, but you know, for me, it's pretty cool. I like there's an there's another good one that came out within like the past six months or so and i forget what it's called but it's about like it's like three hours long and it's about folk car have you guys i think that might be on shutter maybe um that it was on it. some i watched it maybe tubi or amazon i watched like a, a an hour or so of it and it was other than the wicker man it was like a bunch of shit i've never heard of like and it goes through like different phases but it was like uh early 70s british folk horror and then it's like it's a whole like genre that uh, until like a year and a half ago i'd never even heard of before but that that's pretty interesting along the same lines i was actually about to ask like folk horror what exactly is the definition of that because you name like two or three films yeah like the the wicker man and uh midsommar uh the witch yeah like I, I can't. I wouldn't do it any justice trying to come up with an, an explanation. I gotcha. Google it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we have some announcements that um, happened in the last week. Uh, actually, first, let's just talk about what came out this week when the uh, physical media side of things. So the Nick Cage film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, finally came out on Blu-ray, DVD, and 4K. Uh, Warner Brothers put out Giant in 4K. That is the 1950-something film, Giant, uh, old western. MVD put out Vampire's Kiss with um, Nicolas Cage, as well as Monday Morning, which is an old 80s, like, Monday afternoon sort of, I don't know how to describe it. Looks like one of those, I don't know, Three o'clock, shoot him! I I have no idea how to describe this. It's it's. I'm excited. I'm excited for Vampire's what Kiss. What the fuck? It's like like your uh three p.m. after school special. Like you know, don't bring guns to school, kids. That's I don't know. It's one of those. A PSA is that what the fuck you're trying Thank to say? Thank you. PSA is what I'm looking for. It's kind of like a class of 1984 type film, uh, almost. Um, Corey, I thought you were saying you were excited for that based on Ed's description. <laughs> I was like, I hope you're not. At, at this point, I'm honestly, I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. No, Vampire's <laughs> Kiss, like one of the most no, cagiest I... cage movies that has ever been made. I yeah. love that fucking that's, movie. That's the one where he, like, the meme is yes, from, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. One he of actually memes. needs, like, a live <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I can see it in my mind. Um,. <laughs> Let's see. Remember the 90s horror film Uncle Sam? Well, Blue Underground is putting it out in 4K this week. He wants wants your taxes. That's right. Uh, The Bad Guys came out from Universal in all the formats. Uh, King Ralph and Heart and Souls both got released this week on Blu-ray. Um throwaway early 90s films King Ralph was a John Goodman movie I used to have the poster on my wall and the heart and souls I believe was uh, Charles Grodin Elizabeth Shue who else was in that Tom Sizemore I believe was in that uh, Alfred Winhart no when 
what is Alfred? Alfred, Alfred Woodard. Al- Alfred Woodard. Woodard, yeah. Yeah. I believe were the people in that movie. I think Kira Sedgwick was also in that movie. It's a, basically about the, uh, and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, is like the star. Like It's like a bus full of ghosts or something. Um, I've never seen it, so I can't really comment too much on it. Anyway, Criterion put out Shaft in 4K, the original Shaft, not one of the uh, sequels. Shaft! It's a bad mother. Uh, Lionsgate put out Universal Soldier in 4K. The Arrow put out the Anthony Perkins film Edge of Sanity. And Scream Factory finally released Fire in the Sky on Blu-ray for the first time this week. That's uh, a good one. Yeah, it is. Let's talk about some announcements. Start with Universal announcing that on August 9th, they're going to release Doom in 4K. Not sure why people are clamoring for the uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Carl Urban Doom. Just what I always wanted. We saw that shit in theaters. It's bad. It's bad, but knowing me, I'm going to pick it up day one. Um, That ending sequence is fun, though. Like, if you're a fan of Doom and you're a fan of Cheese, like, that whole ending sequence was entertaining to me. It made it The most memorable thing about that movie was when that guy said he had to take a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember much about that film. It probably happened. It probably went down like that. (laughs) Um... Let's see. Let's move on. Uh, Paramount Pictures is putting out Fatal Attraction in 4K, September 13th. Kino Lorber announced on here uh, about a month ago that they had a um, licensing deal with Paramount Pictures, and they announced um, Tropic Thunder back when I announced that uh, they had that whole licensing deal. It was, I think it was for like 60 pending Paramount films. Uh, to be released over the next few years. Um, well, they announced the next film that they're putting out in 4K in September, and that is Indecent Proposal. Y'all big fans of that one? The Woody Harrelson and uh, Robert Redford, Denny Moore flick? Oh, I can't fucking wait. Yeah, it's getting a 4K treatment from Keno Lorber in uh, September. So look out for that. Now, Criterion announced their September slate and it's pretty awesome. They've got Blowout and 4K coming, the the Palma film. I'm looking forward to seeing that um, with the restoration. And they're also putting out Sound of Metal, my favorite film of 2020. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Loved it so much. It's, it's finally coming out on Blu-ray and 4K on September 27th. And I think I have like... About? I think I have the UK version of that on Blu-ray or something. Oh, really? It's it was a and here in the states it, it's a prime exclusive. It's about um a, a drummer um who uh, basically him and his girlfriend they're in a, a punk band together and he slowly becomes deaf and he basically has to adapt because it's basically him and her and this band together. They're a punk band and Not slowly fucking just happens like he's just playing and he's deaf. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. It it it's I was kind of just slow rolling it, but it happens pretty uh quickly. <laughs> the transition. He just suddenly wakes up one day and he's deaf and he freaks out and he has to adapt and he goes to this community and he basically learns like how to play music, you know, deaf and there's I I you know just basically what I said 
is a good gist of it without going into spoilers. So, check it out, though. If you have Prime, if you have two hours to kill, fire that bad boy up. It's a really good movie. Like I said, it's my it's, favorite film from that year. It's good, but challenging. It's not that... It's a slow burn. I'm not saying it's a downer, but it's definitely one you want to be ready for. It's not one you want to put on like late or like on a lazy afternoon where you're kind of doing other stuff. It's a challenging movie, but definitely it is. good. Yeah, I, I think it pays off in the end. I think I think you, um, the viewer, gets you know something out of it if they watch it and you know not well, give up. Well, I felt up. the same way about Whiplash. It's a very tough film to swallow, but goddamn good, yeah. especially that. Ending. I, you know, I think Whiplash is a good film to compare it to. Not tone wise, not not plots, but like in tone, I think that's a very good film to compare it to because they both focus on drummers. They're both dark. And they're both uncomfortable to watch at times. So, yeah, good one. Thanks for bringing that up, Andrew. Uh, and then um, Criterion also announced they're putting out um, Les Corbeaux and Exotica in September. A couple foreign films. Paramount is putting out Bebe's Kids in a few weeks. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, I knew you like that. We don't fly, we multiply. Goddamn hype train. Robin Harris, baby. That's a shame what happened to him. Yeah, you know, it is. A couple, of, like, like ten or fifteen years ago, I remember I went back and rewatched that, and I was like, "What happened to him?" Like, because I, like, I hadn't seen him in anything. Like, he literally died right after he got done fucking putting down the 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 vocal or the the. Well, the, I the know voice. that now. I know. I'm just saying. I didn't know that back. I'm then. talking to the people listening. I was going to say it, and then you cut me off. I don't even know what we're talking about right now. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Welcome to Fewercast. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has been given a July 26th date, or it came out this Wednesday on Disney Plus, for those of you. Yeah. Marble Madness. That's right. Uh, 4K. I love that game. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Uh, and I'll just I'll, I'll two more things, and then we'll move on to uh, recommendations. This one I meant to mention last week, but I wanted to hold off because Court wasn't on. And uh, this pertains to remember last year how Scream Factory put out the first five Halloween films in 4K, and they got them like hard case with matching covers with like the the illustration of Michael Myers. Yeah, and then the vinyl set too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so we pretty much got confirmation through an unlikely source that we're getting the second half of the films this year. We're at least getting Curse of Michael Myers, um, which mo- which most likely means H2O and Resurrection as well. I'm not sure if the Rob Zombie films will be included, but I'm comfortable saying I know for a fact we're getting Curse of Michael Myers this fall in 4K. Because the writer of the film, Joe Farrens, posted on his Facebook last week that him and the lead actress of the film, um, Marianne Hagen, uh, just went in and recorded a brand new commentary track for the release. So, he kind of let the cat out of the bag. Not sure why people do that, knowing that these are supposed to be secrets, but, you know, whatever. 
he went ahead and let the cat out of the bag that they laid down a fresh commentary track for a upcoming release, which put two and two together. We all know the 4K has been hyped or uh, been rumored, so I think it's pretty um, suffice to say it's coming out this year. Um, and if they're going to put out six, you might as well throw in H2O and Resurrection. If they got the rights for one, they might as well have gotten the rights for the other films too. You know what I mean? So that makes me happy as a collector and you know having those first five films it's just, look i'm looking at them right now it's just really weird seeing these you know nice ass matching hard slip cases for the first four first five halloweens but then nothing until 2018 and then kills so you know it'll be nice to see the uh the holes filled up with some more titles and uh, finally, the Cat People Funhouse and Dog Soldiers 4K titles that were announced by Scream Factory have all got delayed, unfortunately, until September. I know Cat People was supposed to come out next week, but I don't know. Uh, apparently, I know what happened with Dog Soldiers because Scream Factory wasn't even doing the restoration for that um, second site over in the UK because Dog Soldiers is a famous UK film and they're doing it over there so anyway let's move on we can recommend what would you get for a six year old boy who chronically wets his bed um, who wants to go first who wants to throw out their personal recommendation for the week I've got a personal recommendation that I've never seen before alright it's called Old the Go- it's, it's called On the Golden Pond <laughs> it's about a d- <laughs> no it's not <laughs> it's, it's, I don't like it so much. I don't know what the fuck it's called. It's about it's about a dude who is played by Harry Fonda and a girl who's no, played by who, Catherine. Who, Catherine who plays it? Uh, Henry Fonda, Catherine Hepburn. They're a they're a couple. And then all of a sudden they're in New England <laughs> and somebody else comes they along and they're, yeah, the they're played by Jane Fonda. Oh, so it should be assumed that up. they are like part of a family. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so all the Fonda little 13 year old Billy is in Los Angeles <laughs> and something about a tale of two cities. Look, it was a $15 million budget that got a $119 million box office. That is a, that is a $104 million profit. You can't take that away from me. <laughs> Why would we take it away from you? The fuck did you have to do with the success I of that? I said them. Oh. I said them. Oh. <laughs> and I see the word nitroglycerin, and it's highlighted in blue. <laughs> okay. What? Dynamite drop in, Andrew. It's highlighted in blue, people. <laughs> what the fuck? The goddamn hydroglycerin's highlighted in the blue. Oh man! All right. It's toward the end of the plot summary, though, so maybe that's a spoiler. Well, do you have an actual recommendation? <laughs> In fact, I do. All right. Uh, Lords Lords of Dogtown, two thousand five American biography. Oh, biography. Yeah. My favorite Heath Ledger film. Uh, takes place about around a group of young skateboarders in Santa Monica. Damn I right fucking love this film because Heath Ledger is damn good, but dude, the young actors in this film really steal the show for me. Like, I remember seeing this film at least, like, two or three times back-to-back. That's how much I loved it back in the day when I saw it. Um, 
I didn't realize there's an unrated film, but it's only three extra minutes longer. So, wait, what? Maybe that doesn't really pertain to this. There's an unrated yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got. I don't it's know, got I'm like, just looking at the Wikipedia. It's got a couple more scenes. I, 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 I own it. The, so it's um the the box office was a bust, but dude, the DVD sales and the Blu-ray sales had to have been booming. Like this film's popular. The movie's awesome. It's about Jay Adams, uh, Tony Alva, and uh, Stacy Peralta. And, you know, Emil Hirsch, Victor Rusuk, and um, Heath Ledger, like I said. And there's a lot of a lot of people show up in it. Mitch Hedberg's in it. Uh, Rebecca De Mornay. Um, fucking uh, Sofia Vergara. Shay Wiggum. And Johnny Knoxville show up, you know. Tony Tony Hawk, Jeremy well, Renner. That was, all, that was all part of the... Alexis Arquette, Joe McHale, a lot of people have cameos in it. Um, but the movie itself, true story, yeah, uh, the the um, the the the, the Dogtown area from the seventies with the uh, skateboarding and 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 um, the Zephyr Surf Shop, you know, the Z Boys. But yeah, my my biggest takeaway from the film is just the young actors really nail it. When I think of young actors, I think of ironically enough the Halloween remake. The young actors in that film really, really did a good job of portraying the roles of not too over the top, not too over dramatic with the theatrics. Um, that and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Mud. I actually thought about recommending it this week. Mud with Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. Anybody? I think you already recommended that. Someone did. Recently. Someone did. Yeah, and I think, I think it was Andrew. Andrew. I, I may, ha- I may have. Well, either way, I mean, the young actors in that film is what really makes it. Matthew McConaughey, sure, but the young actors is what really steals the whole film. So, all right, Corey. So first, this has nothing to do with movies, but I got it for Father's Day, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> so I just want to recommend to anybody. I got that Dr. Squatch soap from uh, my son and wife. Oh, for yeah, Father's yeah, yeah, Day. yeah, yeah. This shit is amazing. Like, I did, I, you know, I was kind of interested because they run like fucking ads like crazy on YouTube. Uh, and they had the Super Bowl ad. And I was like, yeah, fancy soap. Do I really need that shit? Right. I don't know. I'll give it a try. And oh my God, like my fucking skin is so <laughs> soft and I smell so good. Like I never knew like soap could make that much of a difference. Like he said, I, I'm basically made of Laffy Taffy. Yeah. Like I, I just, I don't know. Like I'm the type I like to get a shower at night. Like that way, just when I'm chilling at night, like I just feel clean. Mm. Like I don't, you know, I have all the sweat and filth from the whole day. Oh, I'm but, much oh, the same way for sure. Not me. But, oh my God. Like, oh my God. I, I'm like sitting there like the next morning and I'm like smelling myself still. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I still smell like the soap. Like it's just, a, I don't know. It's just like amazing. Like shit's expensive. He's sitting there right now. And he can't get over it. the way he smells. Listen it, to him fucking, snooping around. It's fucking good. And like, not only that, but like my skin just feels super clean and like moisturized. Like I don't I need to fucking put, be the ad for this thing, but I was surprised <laughs> by how much I like this shit. I can't more. tell if Ed was talking about Corey or Eric, who is sitting here smelling himself as Corey is going on. <laughs> I was, I'm not even watching Eric. Funny. I'm not even seeing his camera. So that was definitely Corey. I just realized he's like the only person with a camera on. <laughs> but anyway. Which like, I yeah. recommended. We should do like, never mind. Go on. Fancy guy soap. Fucking worth it. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to use it all the time. Like, but now I'm getting spoiled. At first, I was like, I'll just use it once in a while. 
But now I'm like, damn, I don't want to go back to that fucking gel shit. It smells so much better. I love it. I don't want to be one up, um, so I'm going to recommend this fucking excellent conditioner I've been using for my hair. You know, we might, <laughs> we might as well give out some random recommendations this week, you know? No, I'm good. Um, uh, go on. And, but I did have a, a movie recommendation, I and it's one that's did. already been recommended. Uh, it's one that's already been recommended on here. So I've watched two good movies recently. One was Ty West's X, yes. which was awesome. That movie delivers on the that gore. Fucking on, awesome. Yeah, everything I would expect. Um, I love Ty West. Like I remember back when he his IMDb picture was like him with an '80s mustache yeah. and like in a karate outfit, a karate gi with like a gun. Like that was his fucking IMDb picture. A guy who directs movies. Yeah. It's in the movie industry. That's what you see when you pull him up on IMDb. At least very niche. Well, his first <laughs> film was infamously like cut the shreds that he even disowned, which was Cabin Fever too. Yeah, but House of the uh, House of the Devil and fucking Innkeepers. I love both of those. I love House of the those Devil more. I do too. But um, anyway, X delivered exactly everything I uh, wanted. It subverted expectations in the right spots yeah. and kept you guessing. Fuck yeah. So, uh, good one. But there was one movie that topped it all, and that was the fucking Northman. Holy yes. shit! Like, I know you and Justin have both talked about it. Robert Eggers is like doing his own fucking thing, and I love it. Like I could totally understand why somebody was shooting like this threes, movie. man. He's just fucking hitting them from everywhere. Like, now, that motherfucker's, like, in the parking lot hitting the fucking hoop. <laughs> like, that's, He's everywhere, man. That's what, it's, that's what it seems like to me. Like, you know, I, I know um, this one's a polarizing one. Like, either you love it or maybe somebody of a more general audience or someone who just wants, like, a standard-type movie wouldn't like it. But I think if you're into movies or individual storytelling, you can't miss on this one. Like, yeah, it's a straightforward plot but it's done in such a visually interesting it's a and gorgeous just authentic film. way. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it just looks beautiful. The acting. It all, sounds you know, amazing, it feels, too. Yeah, it feels like you're back then. Other than the teeth. Like the teeth, you know. Yeah, like, I, know, uh, I know. People have too nice a that's, teeth. That's but, Hollywood, yeah, that's though. One, Nicole that, Kidman's face. Oh, yeah. Well, Nicole Kidman felt out of place. Like, you yeah. definitely felt like, okay, you got everything you wanted. But we're the studio. We're gonna put in the right. Kidman. Not a bad performance, but she she just was miscast. Yeah, that was oh, no, that was act. definitely a, a, a focus features cast uh, right there. I, I don't think that was yeah. Eggers at all. No, she can act like she was great in that Ricardo's being Ricardo's movie, like a um that came out earlier in the year. I'm not taking that away. It's just I don't think they had plastic surgery, you know, back in 800 <laughs> AD. That's all I'm saying. Plus, she looks the same. Like, I guess they didn't want to make her look older or something, but she looks the same, like, whatever it is, 25 years apart or 20 years apart, however uh, long it is. So that was kind of weird. But, like, fucking William Defoe, I want to see a whole movie just on his character. The ge- as the, I, the, 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 jest, not the jester. What the hell was he? The, the shaman. He's like the shaman slash, like, yeah, like court um, like, fool like, or like something the, like yeah, that. Yeah, the fool. That's what I was looking for. The fool. Yeah, like, it, but he is like made to be in that fucking movie. Oh my yeah. god! Like, I wish he was in it more. I wish it just wasn't his skull later in the movie. Spoiler, but <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I just love that movie. Like, I couldn't take my fucking eyes off. Like, a, a true test of a movie nowadays, especially if I'm watching it at home. Like, if I don't 
pick up my phone or do anything else. Like I'm just sitting there yeah. fucking staring at the screen because I can't take my eyes off of it. That's it's a winner right there. Fucking awesome movie. Probably my favorite movie of the year. I, you know, I'm trying to think about it, but uh, I, I'm gonna definitely go back and rewatch that one soon. I'm, I'm fucking Eggers. I'm down. You want to do, uh, fucking your next movie is uh, Scatman, and fucking do like a black exploitation like fucking Scatman. documentary in the fucking seventies. I'm in or Southman or fucking Florida Man. I don't care, but Eggers, I'll, I'll watch whatever. Man, he's fucking lighthouse was one of my favorite movies of the year a couple years back and now this one holy shit had to talk about it yeah it's it's great and like like you said defoe is just fucking awesome um yeah i didn't even talk about anything hawk like in his limit ethan hawk everyone and speaking of eyes bjork I was so fucking happy to see Bjork in a movie. And she actually had like a significant role. Like she wasn't in there a lot, but it was, you know, she, you know, served a pretty important role. And I was just happy that I got to spend some time with her. And I I love Bjork. I love her music. And, you know, just seeing her pop up in this as the, uh, the blind little, you know, whatever you want to call her, just made me so happy. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a big York fan. I, I was excited to see her too, and she was perfect she was so for that good. role because she was. So she does good. that thing. She does that weird thing where, like, she like I don't know how to describe it. Like, she has this aurora it's about like her. her art, but it's it's like she like rolls her letters, and yes. she does it when she sings too. Yeah. And it's it's like I've never heard anybody else do that before. And she does it as this character, and it's just so fucking perfect for the for the role. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I was so happy to see her pop up in that. You know, yeah. for the the little amount of time she is in it, but it was still great to see her. It's in just it. enough. So, yeah, good solid recommendation, Corey. I I, I you know I, I second that definitely. The Northman. I can't say enough good things about it. So, Eric, you're up, buddy. What are you gonna recommend for us? So I have a recommendation and then I have a uh, D recommendation. Don't like rose color. I, I, getting Watching Jurassic Park made me do two things. One, I ended up watching Save It Private Ryan because Spielberg. Nice. And that's my weekly recommend, hey. which I, I love Saving Private Ryan. I love Black Hawk Down. I pretty much love war movies. Like I, I love watching them. Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down are my two favorite. But uh Save Private Ryan's a great movie. It's set during World War II with the invasion of Normandy. Uh, good cast. Uh, it's basically about the team gets there, uh, goes through the uh, Omaha Beach assault, and then uh, they find out that a brother of the Saving Ryan, uh, he has four brothers that end up getting killed, and they get tasked with rescuing the remaining brother, and it's about the journey across to, you know, Germany mm-hmm. and uh, to rescue that one brother. And uh, it's just a really great movie. It really depicts the violence uh, in the opening scenes of that movie. Really sets the tone. And uh, I think it's great. Now, my uh, weekly do not ever watch this movie ever again is Godzilla. <laughs> 2000 Godzilla with Matthew, Bro- Matthew Broderick. Uh, 98 98 godzilla or 98 whatever that that movie is 
I remember watching that as a, you know, back when that came out and not like and actually liking it. I watched it again. That movie is so bad. <laughs> what possessed you to watch it? That's the one with the little Zillas run through the tunnel, right? Yeah. He fucking yes, disappears. It is so bad. <laughs> what Matthew, possessed like, you I've never to watched watch a movie. It? I've never Matthew watched Broderick. a movie that. Well, Hank, Hank Azaria. <laughs> I want to watch a shitty well, dinosaur like, movie now. I was like, I was like, hey, I remember halfway liking this. I'm gonna check it out, and I, I, I fell asleep the first try, and then as I made it through the second half of the movie with where they're in, uh, time, uh, I think Square it was uh, Times Madison Square Garden with the animatronic uh, Godzillas. It's so bad. The filming was ba- the direction was bad. The special effects were god awful. Uh, Matthew Broderick just reaffirmed how terrible of an actor he is. I hate movie. how they fucking they. I, I I hate how they hired um actors who resemble Cisco and Ebert. Like I know they got um, Cal, yeah. what the hell's his name? Ken something who plays uh the guy who who plays the mayor who resembles fucking Ebert. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of a low blow. I've always it's one of the things I take away from that movie. Thinking about it now after all these years is. The, the way he kind of like kind of has a dig at Siskel and Ebert and poor Gene Siskel was like almost on his way out at that time. He only had like a year left before he passed away. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I just want to point out that <laughs> I know that everybody in the audience isn't actually watching this, but Eric is literally in such disdain that his fucking hands haven't left his face the whole time. <laughs> and he's like wiping his eyes the whole time. He's, like, he's explaining insane this. to even bring it up. <laughs> Uh, it, it oh was, god uh, yeah. alright uh, that, that's it right. Justin. I feel it yeah it's bad Justin I'm glad you said I, I, I'm glad you said that about Matthew Broderick not that I have anything against Matthew Broderick but I, my wife was watching Glory the other night and I was kind of like reading and half watching it and I was like man he's really bad in this like is he is he bad in everything and I'm just misremembering like I'm trying to think back all the Matthew Broderick performances now I was actually gonna say like Matthew Broderick is the definition of an overrated actor like there's he's been in maybe two or three great films and that is literally it well I don't even think his act like I think what made him so good in Ferris Bueller is the the inability to change tone or role like that is that's the only movie he can ever do because he basically plays a sociopath in that movie and that's what that man is like he cannot do anything a little shithead kid that doesn't give a fuck about anything exactly he's in a movie i like and i just rewatched it recently it happened to come on cable called the freshman yes uh, with, with marlon, brando. marlon brando yeah yeah that's a really good thing and that was the movie like everybody shit on when it first came out and then it came on home video and people started to see it and it was like Wait a minute, this is actually a good movie. Like, why did the critics all hate Bruno this? Bruno Kirby in that, too? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Penelope Ann Miller. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Not my weekly recommend, but I recommend you go check that out. Um, my weekly recommend is, and I'm probably going to lose you guys. You guys aren't going to care about this, but hopefully somebody listening cares. Um, so I, I talked a couple weeks ago that, Ed, when we went down Soundgarden, I bought Penitentiary, too. Yeah. And watched it and fucking just absolutely loved it so the guy who made it is is named ja, uh, jama fanaka and he only made like a handful of six movies and um three of them were penitentiary movies so i was like i love penitentiary too so much i was like all right i'm gonna kind of i'll go back and start checking some of these other ones out at least the, the other penitentiary movies 
And then just coincidentally, somebody on on uh, Twitter posted about his last movie, uh, which is called Street Wars from like 1991 or 92. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know what? I just really recently got into penitentiary too. I'm going to have to check this out. And it's not on DVD. There's um, a free, there's a copy of it on YouTube, a, a good copy. You know, it's not like a shitty rip or anything like that. Um, so I watched that the other day and that it's not as good as penitentiary too, but it's very good. It's, so it's, it's like not quite Ed Wood level of filmmaking. It's, it's, a, it's a couple notches above that, but it's really like just low budget, um, inept, like all the ADR is always weird in his movies. Like, you know, it's just obviously recorded dialogue, like even more than like Italian horror movies. It's just very obvious. Um, he runs, you could tell by the end of street wars, like he ran out of the budget. Like the whole, the big catch of <laughs> right. it is that it's kind of, it's like, like an urban top gun. Like this kid flies like this, I don't even know what you would call this thing. Like, remember the thing that Tim Robbins flew on Howard the Duck? That sort of like prop plane or whatever you would call that thing. Does anybody <laughs> know what I'm talking about? Like Street Wars, like the guy, the main guy flies one of those. And he's like, he's just got at the beginning of the movie accepted to um, West Point. And he's going to, you know, he's going to be this big military guy. But his brother is like the biggest kingpin drug dealer in town. And this whole gang war starts and he gets sucked into that. And it's just, it's totally inept, but it's great. And then today I watched Penitentiary 3, which again, not as great. I don't think any of them are going to reach Penitentiary 2 heights. That was like, (laughs) that was fantastic. Um, But it's just such shitty filmmaking that if you're a fan of, you know, 80s and early 90s, low budget, just so bad that it's funny kind of filmmaking i can't recommend more highly jama fanaka like i'm so enthralled that i went back so street wars and penitentiary 3 are not on dvd i had to watch both of them on youtube but i went back and bought penitentiary and his first two movies um oh shit mma and uh what's welcome home brother charles haven't gotten them yet, but I, I'm looking forward to, to finishing out the guy's filmography. Um, yeah, so if you're into that sort of thing, highly recommended. Check those out. Hey, I love the poster for Penitentiary too. He's too fast, he's too quick, and he's too fisted. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect <laughs> summation of the movie. And, and, the, and the character's name is too sweet, so it's like nice. Yeah, it, that's it's perfect. That that perfectly this, encapsulates the kind of this movie movie's got is. Mr. T, Mr. T yeah. Ernie, Hus- Ernie Hudson's in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's my favorite Ernie Hudson performance. Not to take anything away from Ghostbusters, but he's so over the top in this movie, and it's so fucking great. And um, yeah, Mr. It, it's almost like a weird it, 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 Mr. T filmed it before Rocky Three, but Rocky Three came out before Penitentiary Two, and Penitentiary Two is almost like a weird bizarro rocky three with mr t playing the, uh the apollo creed role like he's training too sweet to, to be the best fighter uh it, it's fucking amazing i'm recommend that that's my weekly recommend i'm, re- I'm re-recommending penitentiary to it's so good <laughs> fuck yeah all right so i'm not quite sure if i've done if, if this was a recommendation for me then it was back when we used to do this at the end of episodes um, and not 
when we were this is before we were doing fewer casts, so this counts. Uh, but no, it's a film that came out about eight years ago or so. Uh, it's called The Skeleton Twins, and it's a film that has Kirsten Wig and Bill, Bill Hader, um, who play twins, as the title would suggest. <laughs> Uh, but it's different because it's a dark film, but kind of heartwarming at, at the same time. It's not a comedy. No. Like, I, I thought it was going to be more of a comedy, but it really yeah, is. I, I, I knew because I, I heard reviews going into it, like what to expect. Like, you know, it, it wasn't. I was pretty much told going into it, like, do not expect these two to make you laugh. They might make you chuckle because they're just. It's Bill Hader and it's Kristen Wiig, so you know even doing some serious scenes, you know they're gonna try and throw in a couple zingers and it'll work because of who they are and you'll laugh and that's what happens. But the majority of it, you know, it's got Luke Wilson, Ty Burrell, Boyd Holbrook, uh, Kristen Wiig, like I said, Bill Hader, and as the the title suggests, they're twins who, at the opening of the film, uh, attempt suicide at the same time. They both live dark, uh, especially Bill Hader's character. Like he's, um, you know, he's dealing with um, a secret that he has. Uh, yes, he's uh, gay, but uh, him and Ty Burrell, who used to be his, you know, I, I'm not. Just see the film if you haven't. Um, if you have, rewatch it. Maybe, maybe it's been a while since you've seen it, and maybe you should go back and check it out again because it definitely uh, it's it's a film that I don't mind going back and revisiting from time to time every couple years or so like I I've seen this film about four or five times um, and every time I go back to rewatch it it's just um, you know I don't want to sit here and say I have a great time watching it because it's like not that kind of material but um, I end up you know happy I made the decision to watch it uh, at the end by the time the credits roll um, it's just something different especially for these two and I think that's what I like about the film the most is that you're getting a performance from these two types that you would have never expected elsewhere and they do it so fucking good it makes you wonder like you know what else can these people do they're funny as shit we know this but they can do other stuff than besides make us laugh and you know I, I i respect the hell out of you know people who can do that so are you guys watching that show barry does anybody watch that i love that i show. watched yeah, the I hear first raves about season it, like i'm now i'm feeling like i need to watch i need it. to go back and start you know getting back into it because i watched the first half of the first what season. is it called it's called barry it's an hbo show I watched the first half of the first season, and uh, I can't remember why I stopped, but it wasn't because of the show itself. I, I it was enjoying what I was watching, but it it's extremely good. I haven't watched the new season yet, but definitely recommend that. Yeah, show. I'll, I'll, I'll go back um, and watch it. Side note: Penitentiary Two is on Tubi and Voodoo and Crackle for what free right now. Is it apparently, on Tubi? And apparently, there's a subscription service called Brown Sugar, which I just <laughs> oh Jesus Brown Christ! Sugar. <laughs> you know what Justin's subscribing to? Hell yeah! Brown Get that sugar. Brown Sugar. I don't, I don't oh, need no. Brown Sugar. I got my, I got it here at my house already. Between Rudy Ray Moore and uh, <laughs> John Tanaka movies at this point, I bought in the past month. 
Uh, shit. Well, I think uh, after all that, we've reached the end of the podcast. I uh, should start adding an end of episode jingle to let the audience know when we're rapping, but, you know, I digress. So, yeah, this week, in the meantime, you can check out episodes on Jurassic Park and an episode on Batman Returns. That will be the 30th anniversary that me and Corey celebrated. Um, Check those out. Next week, you can check out episodes on Dark City and Can't Hardly Wait. We'll a couple weeks late celebrating the end of the school year, but better late than never. And, yeah, for even more film effect goodness... Check out our ever-growing collection of previous episodes. And don't forget to follow us over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, emails, YouTube, all that good stuff. Links in the episode notes as usual. And don't forget to help us expand by leaving a quick rating and or review. Apple, Spotify, directly on our website. You know what helps. And yeah, merch, that that also helps. We've got Patreon returning next month that we talked about during episode 100. And, uh, yeah, more details coming. So, yeah, fellas, anything else before we depart? No. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Have a good one. See you, film effectors. Bye-bye. All right. Well, until next week, if you're brave enough to say goodbye, life will reward you with a new hello. Take care now. Bye-bye. still here? It's over. Go home.